Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Megan Tatey, author of the debut novel, Super Bloom. New York Times bestselling writer Amanda Eyre Ward wrote about the novel, Super Bloom is a true delight, hilarious, poignant, and as much of an escape as a spa day in the mountains of Vermont. Who could resist a novel about writers, romance, and the nuances of friendship? Not me. Take Super Bloom along on your next getaway. Mel- Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your debut novel, Super Bloom, how would you describe the novel? Yeah. Um, so, and that was such a nice quote from Amanda. Thank you for reading that again. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, Superbloom is about a massage therapist who is about to lose her job at a, a spa in Vermont, and she is grieving the loss of her love. So readers are meeting her sort of at the bottom of the barrel, and she's got one chance to save her job, and that's to get a glowing review from the most demanding client, famous romance novelist Carmen Bronze. And Carmen breezes into town and sort of sets Joan on a new journey. I won't say too much more. I don't, you know, no spoilers, but that's the sort of um, the quick synopsis. Sure. Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing Super Bloom? I, I remember it so clearly because I was getting a massage in Vermont <laughs> at a spa uh, my husband surprised me on a getaway, and I live in Western Massachusetts, so we zipped up to Vermont, and I was getting a massage from a woman who just didn't seem like she wanted to be there, you know, and um, I, the whole time, you know, my face was in the face cradle, and the whole time I was wondering, you know, what's her deal? What's what's her story? <laughs> what's going on with her today? Um and I, I have a journalism background, so I always, I always kind of want to get to the heart of what what the story is. And I feel like everyone has a story, and so I had all these interview questions ticking through my head, and I started to wonder, what's it like to work here? Do her hands hurt? Am I the fifth massage of the day? Um, so I got up from that massage really with this novel idea flooding through my head, and walked out of there thinking, hmm, maybe she's a character. You know, maybe I cast her and I give her a story because I, I didn't know it. It felt too awkward to ask. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so the story was really planted it, during that massage. And had you written fiction before then? Or uh, yeah, what, what kind of led you from, from that idea walking out of the massage to sitting down and actually writing the novel? So, as I said, I have a journalism background, so I've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of um, nonfiction writing and journalism um, for, for years, and I worked at a um, nonprofit in Florence, Massachusetts, and had just recently started my own um, writing and editing business called WordLift. And in that time, I have always been a huge reader. I've been a writer from a young age, but I... I just never saw myself writing fiction and I didn't quite frankly have the confidence to do it. And I began to dabble with short stories and I had started taking some writing classes um, with someone locally 
And still, I didn't have the confidence for, for a novel. You know, it's just like, that seems just beyond me. But then this idea struck, and it, I had never had it come so fully formed. Um, so I, I left that trip very much um, dedicated to this idea, you know, maybe I could write this novel. And I took the idea back to this writing class, and I started to, you know, write those first pieces um, in that class, which was really exciting endeavor. And, um, <laughs> you know, from there, it took me eight years to get to where <laughs> I'm sitting now. <laughs> and can you tell us a little bit about those eight years? What, what was kind of the the journey from sitting down and starting the novel to to now talking about it as it's about to be published? Yeah. So I think I wrote that first draft in about a year and I uh, gave it to my uh, writing instructor at the time. Um, her name is Dory Ostermiller of Writers in Progress. And she gave me great feedback and I, I worked on it again. And then I sent it off to agents really expecting that I was going to blow someone's doors off. You know, someone was going to be like, Oh my gosh, she's incredible. <laughs> and, um, I heard nothing from no one. And that was quite <laughs> loud. And I realized I had quite a lot of work to do. I mean, basically, you know, trying to get a book published is, is like thinking you can just join like an elite sports team without ever like practicing in the backyard for years, you know, like for years. And so um, I realized it was very humbling. I realized I needed to, to really study the craft. And at the same time, I was running my business full time. I then had two babies. I had two, you know, my, my kids are still quite young. They're four and seven. So much of my writing time was just, you know, kind of snuck in around the edges of my life or a few, even half an hour here before my work day started. So things were slow. It took a really long time. And I think it was only a few years ago that I then again sort of recommitted to the novel. Mm -hmm. It was right before the pandemic. And I, I started taking more classes again. I started really studying the art of writing the query letter and getting the agent. I started listening to podcasts of authors who had failed a lot. <laughs> um, you know, we, we kind of hear these overnight success stories and think that should be us. And it was really helpful for me to hear so many novelists have write, you know, novels in a drawer. That's very common. And, um, and then really reading fiction in a different way, studying the three-act structure, looking for those inciting incidents, taking taking books apart, and, and really understanding what makes them such a success. So that took a while. And then, you know, the, this, the querying process takes a while. It's, it's a long slog for many people. And... Um, and it just it just took a while, and I had to kind of keep recommitting <laughs> to the book and not giving up. And 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 what do you think kept you in there? Because uh, as you said, I mean, when you first sent it out, it was just silence. There are a lot of people who can't get from that step of having a finished manuscript and then kind of, for the lack of a better word, just kind of withstanding or or withering, you know, the the or you know, just kind of dealing with the rejection. How how do how do you deal with that yourself? The rejection's really hard. Um, 
I think I got 70 agent rejections along the way. And I think it's important to talk about instead of being embarrassed by because that's pretty normal. Um, I got lots of full requests from agents who ultimately passed on my manuscript. But some of them gave me really incredible feedback that was really important, including the agent I have now. She she first passed on my manuscript, um, but she gave me, she wrote me the most beautiful rejection letter. And in that, what was just incredible feedback that I was able to take and sort of fine tune my manuscript for another nine months alongside my writing group, which was really helpful. I think you know, it's like once I, I'm just a determined person, you know, and once I got <laughs> so far into the book, I couldn't imagine scrapping it after I had been working on it for so long. I loved the characters. I didn't want to give up on them. I did take breaks, you know, sanity breaks. I started sure. a different novel, um, which actually was the sort of seeds for the novel I'm working on now. Um, but, you know, it's just this entire publishing process is is just riddled with rejection and it and even when you get your novel published you have rejection i'm on the other side of it now i'm a few weeks into publishing you know and you're still facing negative reviews or someone doesn't you know invite you on their podcast or a wonderful author decides not to blurb you like it is it is it is, you know, rejection central, you know, so you have to kind of get used to it and also build in some support networks. And my husband on rough days reminds me that I'm doing this not for the acclaim or the accolades or the payoff, which is not big, not big, but because I love, I love writing and I, I love the actual act of doing it. And my best days as a person, a human, a mom, a partner are the days I've touched the page in some way. So I have to now remind myself of that on the days that seem hard. That's great. What What was your writing process when you were working on that initial draft of your debut novel, Super Bloom? Um, were, you, were you someone who... Before you started writing page one, you did an extensive outline, or did you just kind of have that idea from your your you know massage experience in Vermont and kind of think about it and then dive into the narrative? How did that work for you? I had no outline, and I'm you know for for listeners, there's the idea that you're either a pantser or a plotter. You know the the uh, if you're a pantser, you fly by the seat of your pants as you write, and plotters you plot it out. And I've never been an outliner, even in school. I hated writing outlines and I find that quite tedious and boring. So I just sort of wrote very linearly, linearly, like I wrote from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I just was, was trying it out. Um, now that I'm working on my second book, I have a better sense of the three X structure how to do pacing. And not that I need to sort of um, completely copy what other successful novels are doing, but there's a reason why they work. So understanding the rules and then being able to break them um, and deciding to break them 
um, is really important, you know? So, so now I feel like I have a better sense of that. I have a better sense of how to up the stakes for my characters, how to, um, build a sort of supporting cast around my main characters and, and give them, um, more richness to their lives. Um, so those are important things for me to do. But in the beginning, I, I didn't know. And I also think that's okay. You know, as an emerging author and for people who maybe are listening are like, ah, could I do this? I couldn't have gotten to my final draft without the first one, without making mistakes. And I don't even want to call them mistakes without, mm-hmm. you know, like making those first brush strokes that um, I could then go back to and delete. And um, I also think in the beginning, I was very, gosh, I didn't, I, I was very scarce with my, with my words. I felt, I felt like there was a scarcity. That's what I'm trying to say with what I could sure. get out of myself. Mm-hmm. And um, so this idea of sort of playing on the page scared me because I didn't know if I could really do that. What did that look like? It felt like every, you know, my time was so limited. So everything had to be just right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was sort of afraid of that creativity of allowing myself to sort of play. And now I'm I'm less afraid. I'm less afraid that I um that suddenly the tap is gonna stop with my <laughs> words, you know, that I know that there's more there. And um so it's just an evolution and I'm still learning. I still feel like I have a ton to learn. That I mean that's just quite a roundabout way of answering your question. I'm not sure if I totally did, but um, <laughs> it no, is, it, it's it, interesting, yeah. and you make an interesting point that that you know I, I haven't heard uh, honestly from a lot of the writers that I've interviewed, and I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more. Do you do you are you able to pinpoint what was how you were able to become more free or get more comfortable playing on the page? Because I think that that's um, an important thing. There's a really um, I think pivotal moment for me in writing Super Bloom. So Super Bloom, there's uh, it's a nested novel. So you get a novel inside a novel. Basically, you get to see my character begins to write the book that sort of transforms her life. And in the beginning, and for many years of writing this, I had her describing what she was writing, and I took those pages to my writing group, and they came back and they said these are boring. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we don't like this. We want to see what she's writing. And I was so petulant about that. You know, I was like, no, I'm years into this. This is the last thing I want to do. Um, I didn't trust myself to be able to uh, write in my character's voice, knowing I would need to slightly alter it. I I knew that novels within novels are up against some difficulties. You know, it's a challenge to hook readers for your own book. Then you're trying to hook them for a second book, a second cast of characters in your novel. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I was a little nervous about that. But I I just said, okay, I'm going to go try this. And trying it opened up a whole new world for me it became this plot point or this tool that allowed me to avoid getting steeped in backstory about my 
my character, my, my character's love interest who's died. I could give pieces of him to this fictional character. And I saw what sort of playing on the page allowed me to do and gave me some freedom. It wasn't as scary as I thought. I didn't have to write as much as I thought I'd have to do. And um, it's such a, an important aspect of the book now. I can't imagine it without it. <laughs> so I think that was a really pivotal moment for me thinking, okay, there isn't this scarcity of words inside me. And also writing things, some of the things I didn't end up even using and writing all of that isn't a waste. It's not, even if I don't end up using it, it's a really important groundwork I'm laying in my own mind for what's happening with my book and my characters, even if my readers never read it. Does That's that interesting. make sense? Yeah. Oh, it does. It does. Have you ever read Misery by Stephen King? You know, I. it's so funny. No. <laughs> um, I, I've watched the movie, um, which is incredible. And someone else suggested that I've you know, Stephen King's such a master. And also I think I'm terrified. I, I can barely watch Stranger Things. <laughs> uh, I get really it, it was scared. definitely, it was years ago since I've read it, but um, yeah. it, and it, it was definitely for me, one of his scariest books. I'm not really interested in the, the supernatural type stuff, but the reason Same. I mentioned it is because um, there's a novel within the novel. I don't know if you are aware of that. With, I am. With, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Which I is should, interesting I because should. it's a romance too. So uh, I know. I know. <laughs> yes, I I am aware. Yeah. I just don't know if I can. I, do I, it. I highly <laughs> recommend it. I, I, that stuck in my head after reading it. But oh, um, that's interesting. So, so I know your novel is being is being published by Zibby Books, which is a book publisher created by Zibby Owens, a book ambassador and a host of the podcast. Moms don't have time to read books. And I also interviewed Zibby on a previous episode of this podcast. How has your experience been with Zibby books? Oh, gosh, I, I'm having an amazing experience. I feel so fortunate. And, you know, I, I'm glad my my journey took as long as it did, because I wouldn't have ended up with them otherwise. And I they're a new, a rather new imprint. Um, they publish one book a month, which means, you know, 12 books a year. So your book is the lead title for that month and all, uh, and you know, everyone's focus is on you. They, Zibby and her team, she has a wonderful team of people and, and my editor are really committed to just allowing the author to have um, more transparency in the process, more agency and voice in the process. I can't compare my experience to anything else because this is my first time. Mm -hmm. But when I talk to other authors, you know, who say, wait a minute, you got to, you know, be in a meeting about your cover and you had six covers to choose from, or wait a second, you, you're going on this massive tour and holy cow, you're, you know, so I, I, um, I'm hearing that from other people who have had different experiences and it's, it's, you know, allowing me to enjoy this experience even more. So I'm really grateful. Um, my editor's been amazing through Zibby Books. And um, it's also drummed up a lot of camaraderie around all of the authors. You know, many of us are on text threads and cheering each other on, supporting each other, um, which is feels incredible. You know, they they did a whole author retreat with all of us last October. 
um, in the Catskills. I mean, it's just been amazing. So I've sold them my second novel already, and that also feels like a dream. Um, I am working on it now, and um, it's due in a couple weeks. And I'm I'm close, but I'm not quite finished. So I've been, you know, working on it, and that's a new thing to be working under contract. Um, but also really exciting now to have my agent and my editor, you know, to help me if I write myself into a corner. So that's I'm in a a different place, which feels really amazing. That's great. What um, has the experience been writing the second novel um, compared to the experience of your first novel, which took eight years to end up getting published? Well, (laughs) it's definitely different. You know, there's, Mm -hmm. I'm writing under a deadline and it's, it's both difficult and challenging and also quite freeing. You know, I'm not trying to win anybody over at this point. They've purchased the book. They love the idea. The, you know, the book is called Champions for Breakfast. It's a completely different novel about mom and daughter, estranged mom and daughter, alpine ski racing champs. One was an Olympian. The daughter was going to be an Olympian, but went to art school instead. And they are stuck in a Swiss town with an avalanche socks in the village. And um, I, I'm having a blast writing it. I love the research aspect of writing novels. Um, for Super Bloom, I, I interviewed a ton of massage therapists about what it's like to work in the spa and to do that job. And for this, I'm interviewing former Olympians and elite athletes about what it's like to devote your whole life to a sport. And then by sort of age 30, you're too old or you're injured and you kind of retire and become a sort of normal civilian. And what do you do? Um, So that's been really fun. Um, I feel like I have more confidence as I'm writing. I feel like I I just, um, I know so much more. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, I'm about to send my my novel to my editor. She hasn't read, you know, she's only read the first 50 pages. So I'm prepared for the edit letter and the, you know, there's holes here and here and here. Um, but I love that process. I love the editing process to be, to be told, you know, all right, here's where we strengthen it. Here's our opportunities. And to go back in, it's, I, again, it's almost like a painting where you're, you're then kind of fine tuning it. Um, I love that process. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I, you know, it took me a while to sort of say out loud, I want to be a novelist and, and to share that with my, my family, with my friends. It sounds so absurd in some ways, you know, and, um, and now that's what I'm doing and that's what I am, am aiming for for my future along with running my business still. And um, I'm thrilled that, that that's what's happening. That's great. What writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? I think writing groups are really essential. And I think that advice is sometimes hard. Like, oh, how, how okay, how do I just form a writing group? Like, uh, anyone around? <laughs> um, but there are some resources online that can help you um, connect with other writers. One is a podcast called The Shit No One Tells You About Writing. And the author, Bianca Murray, who hosts that podcast on Twitter twice a year, usually she does a matchmaking process for writing groups. And 
you email her and say, I'm working on a YA novel and I live here. And, um, she will help connect you with your writing group. Um, there's also the, something called the Manuscript Academy. And there's just, you know, even just searching, you know, how to form a writing group. There are lots of communities out there that will help you, um, form those, those, those connections. And then I think also if you're working on your draft and preparing to send your pages to an agent, read your chapter out loud, your sample chapters, you know, before you kind of rush and send it out, because sometimes you do only get that one chance. Pause, read your work out loud. Doing that, um, it really allows you to catch the times that you're repeating words over and over again, or maybe your your sentence is clunky in a way that you hadn't, you know, seen it before because you're just in it, right? You haven't you haven't been able to lift your head up. And reading it out loud allows you to lift your head up and finesse it in a completely different way. That's great advice. What novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? Oh gosh. I, I <laughs> I'm usually reading like eight or nine <laughs> novels at one time. They're strewn about my house and my four-year-old thinks every book is a Zibby book. He's so cute. <laughs> um, I'm looking on my shelf right now. Um, I am reading a memoir by Greg Marshall called Leg, which is so funny and hilarious. <laughs> uh, the subtitle is The Story of a Limb and the Boy Who Grew From It. Um, <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> and funny and and just fantastic. And he shares my agent, which is how I... Um, got in touch with him. I just finished Amy Popel's novel, The Sweet Spot, which just, um, she has a theater background. So her dialogue is fast and funny and, and, um, witty and snappy. And I am in the first few chapters of a book called The Skin and Its Girl. This is literary fiction by a woman named Sarah Cipher. And Sarah uh, runs the Three Penny, oh gosh, I, I, I might be butchering it, but she, I think it's the Three Penny um, Editing Services. And mm-hmm. I turned to her, um, to her services a couple years into writing my book and, and worked with freelance editor to help me figure out, you know, where am I going wrong with this book? So she's right. an, just an incredible writer and her book is beautiful. And how how did how was it using an outside editor like that? Did you find it useful? I found it so useful, and I actually did that several times over the course of those eight years. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I each time I kind of needed help with different things. And I think with um, Sarah, I actually worked with someone else in her group. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was looking at the first you know fifty pages. And then a few years later, I tapped someone to say, you know, I'm getting a lot of hits from agents who think my first 50 pages are really strong, but, you know, they end up not offering representation after they've read the full thing. So what Mm -hmm. is falling apart? What's not holding together? And I couldn't see it because I was so in it. And so I was able to then have an editor kind of give me that bird's eye view of like, oh, I think this thread here um, is not completely tight or this storyline here isn't quite what it could be doing. And, you know, you don't always need that. It, you know, they can be expensive. So 
I had to, <laughs> you know, that's another reason why over this took many years. I couldn't always afford that sort of sure. help. Um, but, and that's also where the writing groups come in because those are free and you also have to do it for other people, um, which allows you to be able to understand why, to articulate why things are working and not working. But if you can, I, I think it's great. It was really helpful for me. That's great. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your debut novel? So I'm on Instagram at Meg Tady, and my website is megantady.com. I have a ton of events coming up um, near and in Massachusetts and New England, and then I'll be in LA and Colorado. So I'm bopping around this summer, and I would love to see people. That's wonderful. Well, again, we've been speaking with Megan Tady, author of the debut novel Super Bloom. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Megan, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much, Jeff. Absolutely.